0: Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We've been teaching about this table, and we're we, talking out of Psalms 23 about that God has prepared a table for you and I, and in that, in that, it really represents a lot of good things that God has for us. In fact, all of the promises that He has really set And what he desires for us. And we talked about how there are distractions from the table. What we could prepare for ourselves. We use the bowl of stew to give that example. And then what the enemy has prepared for you. Is that the enemy actually wants to prepare something for you. To damage your life. And get you to give up your seat at this table. Okay. But what. When we, yesterday we talked, or last week we talked about drawing near to God and that when we begin to see God differently and we understand what he's really prepared for us, then we press in to this space. And the, and the Bible says in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God or draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So this concept of drawing near to God and then he meets us there. Amen. And, and when we see that, like the table, what God has prepared for us is all we need. We, we don't draw near to anything else. No matter what the circumstances are, we draw in to this relationship with him. And so this is what I want to talk about today as we finish this series on the table, is what are some of the things we do specifically to draw near to God? What does that really look like? And just maybe a little more practical application of how do we pull in or press in or draw into this relationship with him to get the best out of it? Amen? Okay. So we see that in James 4, 7, that we submit to God, we resist, then we draw in. Psalms 23, 26, O my son, give me your heart, may your eyes take delight in following my ways. Psalms says that, See, gee, God is after something. He's after something with you and with I, and it is your heart. He's after your heart. He's not after you trying to just measure up so you can get in. He doesn't want you to do something for him, church. See, it's different when I want you to do something for me. Hey, I've got a plan for you, and you need to do something for me. God wants to do something with you. He wants to do something with you. See, he paid for you so he could do something with you. Come on. Let's sink in for a second. He paid for you. Last week we talked about the sanctuary, you're his sanctuary, and he wants to draw near to you, you draw, and then, or you draw near to him, and he draws near to you. You are his living sanctuary, bought and paid for. You know, I've owned multiple homes in my life. I don't know about you, but when I pay for a house, I want to live in it. I don't want to pay for a house and then go live in my trailer in my car. I want to go live in the house that I paid for. It's mine. Jesus paid for you. He bought you with a price. So you could be his sanctuary, his dwelling place, the place that he gets to move in. See, he didn't die and pay for you so then you could pay something back to him. No, he doesn't have something for you. He has something with you. He did all the for you stuff so you could be with him. And your job, my job, is to come in boldly, Hebrew says, to this relationship with him. All that he's prepared for you comes in relationship with him. Well, you and I have to do the drawing near part. That's our job. But if we see God incorrectly, then we see him as this person we have to measure up to and do something for, we lose the intimate relationship he designed us to be with with him God I want to be with you right where you are where is he in the place he purchased he's in his home you he's in his sanctuary hanging out in the study waiting to read a book with you come on he's waiting to have a conversation with you sing a song with you and he's waiting to fellowship with you and your friends. Come on, let's look. There's some simple things that God has for us, and it's very we see them in the Bible, but a lot of times we use them to measure up and do for God rather than something we do with him and draw near to him. So we have this you know, to, simple disciplines or, or their engagements to move into this relationship. It's the renewing of our mind. Look, what you focus on grows and expands. Everything about your relationship and intimacy with God is about focus. It's about what you see. It's why in the Ten Commandments it says, have no other God before me. Don't have any graven images or idols, okay? It's because you don't want to have anything else in your mind's eye to look at except Jesus, except God, except him. When he becomes your primary focus, you start to move in. God, you're all that I see, Wow, when Jesus is all that we see, we begin to move in. Our life changes. See, I need a shift in my mind. When you and I believe that the word of God, the Bible itself, is fully the authority of God's word written down for us. Why? Why? So you can have a cool book to carry under your armpit? I know y'all, some of you guys give me your Bibles, they don't smell so awesome. Maybe carry it in your hand. I don't know. Just a suggestion. (laughs) That's gross. All right. You and I don't just have a Bible to carry around or to get to hit people with, right? (laughs) Just shape up. Or hit ourselves with. Or read so that we feel like we're measuring up. It's to bring alignment with your mind to the truth of the living God. It's to bring alignment in your mind of who God really is so you can see him accurately and then receive all that he gave for you to move into a relationship. Because when you see him rightly, you move towards him rightly. You feel about him rightly. But the Bible, the living word is to help you see Jesus, the shape of Christ, who he really is, and how you can be in real relationship with him. That's its purpose. So we never get off track throughout all world history. That thing is a guiding force, the living word in written form to renew our mind. It's beautiful. You have the Holy Spirit. You're the living sanctuary. You're the living sanctuary, the Holy Spirit. You give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you. But there's a second event that has to happen in your life, needs to happen in your life is it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, God is three parts, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the living part of the Trinity. It's the part of the Trinity that comes and indwells the sanctuary with power. It's the fullness of God's presence. It is not the demigod of God. It's not the half portion of God. This is the fullness of his presence. And Jesus said, it's better that I go so he can come and live inside you. I paid for a sanctuary, I want to fill it. I paid for a home, I want to fill it. I'm moving in. But in Acts, we see in more than one occasion, they go in and the disciples go, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? After belief comes a filling. Do you know what this is? This is about you declaring that the God that's living inside you already is God, and you get the best of Him, and then boom, this explosion happens in your life to overflowing, where you now then get the fullness of the gentleman living inside you. See, his presence moves where you allow. And when you declare him as God living inside you, boom, you get the fullness. Now I just want to want you to get the do you think God wants to possess his entire home? Oh, yes, he does. He wants to possess his entire home, all of you. He wants every single bit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, the filling, the overflowing of the Holy Spirit. And then he releases all the gifts to give you so that you can, be, you can use all the gifts that he has to do his purpose. If someone has preached to you that the Holy Spirit is not for today, this is demonic teaching. Why is it demonic? Because it's anti-God. Because the Holy Spirit is God and I'm sorry if someone lied to you or they were deceived and didn't understand. I'm sure their intentions were good but you know what? This is the one of the most demonic uh, uh, theologies out there is that the Holy Spirit's not for you today. Are you kidding me? God is not for me today. God for. Give us if we have ever bought into or believe that. We're missing out on the fullness of who he is. Man, you want to move into a relationship with God? He's in you. You need to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit and not deny or denounce or defame any part of who he is living in you. Oh, I don't feel the presence of God. How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Have you defamed him? Have you dishonored him? We're not talking about measuring up now. We're talking about who he is in your life. If you've diminished him in some way or said the gifts are not for today or he's not for today, he's not for me, you're buying into a demonic theology that is going to limit your life. And guess who wins? When the Holy Spirit's limited on the earth inside his sanctuary, who wins? The devil. It's the devil. It's a demonic theology trying to distract and diminish the power of the living church, man. You got to unlock the Holy Ghost in your life. You got to unlock it. And when, this leads right into prayer. See, we have the renewing of our mind, the relationship with the Holy Spirit, and then we have this prayer life. Prayer is not a thing you do to get gain access or something and then God unlocks the door. Prayer is not something that you uh, do enough of and then you get your merit badge and feel good about yourself. Prayer is talking. Prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation with you and your daddy. You're in the study with him sitting there as he's, you know, reading a book to you, and you're just talking. You're just having a conversation with your daddy, God. It is not like there are more prayers that are holier than other prayers. It's your heart in relationship with Him. And as you connect and you just talk, God, I just talk. Sometimes you're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, what you need what, what you, have, you need faith for, what you want to see happen, where you're hurting, where you're lost, where you're lonely, where you're distracted, where you're, you have sin. You, it's just life. You're just having life with your Father God. And as you move in in prayer, it's not like, well, I prayed more 20, 30 minutes. Now God might do something. That's, and, and then God wants me to do, God wants me to pray. He wants me to do that for him. Rather than, God wants me to do prayer with him. Prayer moves you, that's drawing toward God. Reading the Bible and allowing the alignment of the truth, seeing Jesus rightly draws you towards God. Allowing the Holy Spirit to explode in your life and just blow up in there and do all the stuff he wants draws you towards God. Prayer is just conversation with him. And one of the most powerful ways you can pray is through this gift of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. And it's a gift of praying in tongues. It's not tongues and interpretation. That's like prophecy, okay? We're talking about a prayer language that God has given you that Holy Spirit himself dwelling inside you prays for you in their seats for all the things you know not of. Makes a perfect connection with the Father God when you begin to pray in tongues. It just instantly brings you closer. Last week we had the pitcher sitting on the table and it was full of like, Oil, which represented sin or distractions from God. And we just begin to pour in the water as if it was the presence of God. And it displaced all of the things that were taking God's place or a seat in our minds, our hearts that were only for Christ. That is what happens when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Just pour it in, God. You have a direct connection to the Holy Ghost in your heart. And it just begins to fill you up when you pray in tongues. I pray in tongues every morning, every night, when I'm driving, when I'm lifting weights, when I'm running, when I'm talking, hawking my kids in at night as much as I can possibly do it I'm praying in tongues I'll wake up in the middle of the night praying in tongues I just need more connection and I'm not the biggest prayer warrior that there's ever been right I just don't know how anyone survives without this I'm so desperate to draw near to him because, and I don't always have the words, and so God is so good that he gives you the words with his own spirit to pray and intercede for you. It's weird, it's supernatural, it is going to rock your mind because it's supposed to. Because that's what God likes to do, is mess with your head. So you don't know, you can't create some formula in your own strength to draw to him. It's about you needing him in all circumstances. If you're missing out on, the, on, on, the, on your prayer language, you're missing out on a gigantic, huge connection with the Holy Spirit. Huge connection with the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Okay. Whew. Another one is just your worship time with the Lord. Psalms 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. When we worship, We start to give our heart away, our life away when we sing, when we worship, we adore him. It's very similar to prayer. It's a conversation with God. They're really basically the same thing, except in worship, the context of worship or the the real focus of worship is I'm giving away myself to you, God. I'm just letting myself go. We were singing about it today. It was in one of the songs. God, I'm just letting go of myself, and I'm giving it to you, and I'm giving up my own what how I look my own vanity my own ways I'm just giving it and I'm adoring you and I'm looking at you and I'm just worshiping you for who you are I'm declaring you who you are it's like this you're taking the your, your your sight or how you see God in your life the Holy Spirit Father Son Holy Spirit in your life and you're elevating it you're just elevating him you're lifting him up Because in your mind, a lot of times in our mind, we press him down as we start to look at the natural things, okay? And the natural things start to bubble their way to the surface because we're focused on them. And when we have a discipline or an an activity of worship in our life, we begin to lift him up. And those things start to trickle down. And God, if if Jesus be lifted up, he draws all men close to him, right? So think about it like you're connected to a string that doesn't lengthen, okay? Okay? And it's, if I lift Jesus up in order, the string just pulls me closer the higher he gets up, okay? If he's out here, I can be distance. If I get him low, I can create distance and I'm kind of away and do what I want. But as I lift him up, my circle, the tension goes up and, and all of a sudden, the more I lift him up, this is all the space I get, okay? But we gotta lift him up, And worship is lifting up. Say, God, I'm giving away me, and I'm lifting up you. It's about caving your heart away to him. So we give our heart away to him. We just begin to experience intimacy with him. Another way is just in relationship and fellowship with believers. So we begin to fellowship with other believers who are doing the same thing the closer I am to Jesus and you fellowship with me the more you experience his presence in and through me challenges you and lifts Jesus up in your eyes all of a sudden that fellowship now begins to draw Christ up and we start to expand and grow collectively as I get close to your sanctuary your sanctuary close to mine and the Holy Ghost is being activated inside that the glory just begins to spill out. Fellowship with the world is one of the most destructive things you can do in your personal relationship with God. It says, do not fellowship with the world. Minister to the world, love the world, be in the world but not of the world. Do not fellowship with non-believers. Do not be friends with them or have relationships with them. Fellowship is intimate relationship and connection. I'm sharing my heart, we're fellowshipping, we're dreaming, we're, we're living close together. Man, you live close to believers and that God be lifted up and then you start to expand. Your intimacy with God will increase closer to other people who have him as their focus. But otherwise, it's distracting and drawing you away. You have to be cl- careful who you allow close to you. It affects the intimacy with God. That's how we draw close, is by fellowship, corporate worship. Is part of fellowship. Think about what we do when we come to church, what we ought to be doing. We're doing all this stuff all mashed together at one time. We're lifting Jesus up. We're all worshiping him together. We're getting our sanctuaries close. Right? We're praying. We're worshiping. We're declaring. We're prophesying. We're preaching the word. We're bringing alignment to him. There's so many awesome things that are so important about church life if we focus on the right thing. Thing. A, person, Jesus, all right? We're focused on God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If he is the focus, then church is amazing. You feel his presence. You feel the increase. You're growing. You feel closer to him when you leave. That's what it needs. But if it's rules, regulations, a party, a club to fit in, eh, boo. That's boring. That's a snore fest. I don't want to do anything except be with Jesus. I just want to be close to him. And if I'm, if I'm close to him, you're close to him, it's incredible. See, but here's one of the things. There, you and I, we can get distracted and think that, that, that it's about a formula on how to get to God. And God has mixed it up and shaken it up. And if, if, if someone teaches you this is the formula to get to God, go ahead, try it. You might experience the presence for a while, and the Lord is going to block you, and he's going to make you frustrated. Because that's the way he is. You, listen, there in the Bible, I'm not even going to list all of them, but I'm going to list a whole bunch of ways that people encounter God. Through worship and prayer. They were standing, kneeling, bowing, leaping, lying down, dancing, singing, and silent short prayers, long prayers, commanding prayers, asking, declaring, pleading, together, alone, in public, in private. In the morning in the evening, just before bed and a meal, real quick prayer all night long. It's just some of them. They just, every way you can possibly pray and worship, God's like, let's do it. But he will not allow you to create a formula. Because you create a formula, now it's about the thing you're doing, not about relationship with him. You're losing focus. Because the second your focus goes off of Jesus, the relationship with the living God, and onto your little formula, you've lost focus. He says, draw him into me. He says, taste and see that I am good. Not my law is good, not the do all the right things is good. No, I am good. If you taste of Jesus, you will see he's good. Drink of me, Jesus said, and you will thirst no more. Not drink of all these rules and regulations and do everything right, and you'll thirst no more. Drink of me. Personal, real, genuine. It's a real, he's a real person. But see, God is a God who likes to wrestle. He's a wrestling kind of God. He is not just a you-do-it-all-easy and super-easy formula kind of God. He wants you to wrestle, and he wants to wrestle with you. We find Jacob here in Genesis 22, or 32, verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the fort of Jabbok. all right? After he had sent them across the stream and sent them over with his possessions, so Jacob was left alone. All by myself. <laughs> and the man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, I just want to see this, when the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name, But He replied, no, no, no. Why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called this place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face. And this word Penel means face of God. Isn't that rad? He got to wrestle with God face to face. He got to see the face of God. And yet my life was spared. So the sun rose above him. Uh, Okay, so anyway, I want you to see this. Jesus, I, I actually really believe this was Jesus wrestling with Jacob. Because, you know, so many times, you know, ask what is the name of the angel. If it was an angel, they'd say their name, you know. But it's interesting that he wrestles with a man. Seems to be maybe possibly the God-man, Jesus himself. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not telling you my name right now. And he, it's, not, it's, it, it's no, no small significance that, that Jacob, who represents, he now is Israel, right, This represents the children, the family of God. All of us wrestled with the Son of God that day. Because we're all in Jacob. In faith. And so, see, look, look what happens is that if this being Jesus... Jacob is now just, he, he gets it. Jacob gets the blessing thing, okay? Jacob went after with all of his might to get the blessing from his father because he knew how good it was. And then he benefited from it. He's like prospering. He's got stuff all over the place. Couple wives. He's doing good. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the best part. And he, he gets a hold of God. And he's like, I know what I've got right now, and I am not letting go. You wanna know one of the biggest keys to your prayer life is? It isn't about knowing the right formula. It's first about seeing God right. And second, don't let go. Just don't let go. You gotta be like Jacob, you gotta know what you got a hold of. I got a hold of the living God. And I'm not letting go. No one can pull me off. I'm hanging on until I get my blessing. Just don't let go. Don't let go. Whatever pathway you want to take, you want to jump, you want to sing, you want to roll, you want to crawl. You want to wiggle. I don't care. You Try everything. And you know what? God likes you to try new things. Do you know that? He likes you to break into new stuff. You never lifted your hands in worship. You never danced. You never laid on your face before God. Try it because he wants you to try something new in a relationship with him. It's just about new experiences around this relationship with him that I get to experience every direction, angle, depth that I could possibly have with him. You know, in your relationships, like with your spouse or with your friends or whatever, you wanna go have a new experience, right? Hey, let's go skydiving. Let's go out witnessing and share our faith. Let's go lay hands on the stake. Let's go, let's just try something new with Jesus together. That those are the richest relationships when we try something new, something brave, something radical with Jesus together. Hey, have you ever just prayed in tongues for hours until you just can't do it anymore with somebody else? I have. I've done that with, with this girl right here while she's leading worship. group of people, and the Holy Spirit just begins to pour out. It's ridiculous. So fun. Those are cool memories, man. And your life gets shifted. Just try something new. You know, Jesus, he talks about, in Luke 11, 5, he says, suppose you went to a friend in a house at midnight and wanting to borrow three loaves of bread and say to him, a friend of mine, uh, I've just arrived uh, for a visit, and, and I have, a friend of mine arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls you from his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed, and I cannot help you. That's how Jesus told stories. But I tell you this, though he would not do it for friend's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. God, I'm just going to knock. And I'm going to keep knocking on my relationship with you. And it's not about what I get. See, everybody that pressed into the Lord, everybody that went after him like crazy, they might not have seen the same result. Some of them prayed quick prayers and got an answer right away. Some of them prayed for a super long time and finally got their answer. Some of them prayed their whole life and asked God and never saw it. But they all got what they were looking for. They actually all got what they were really looking for because they were looking for a relationship with Jesus. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. And you're going to find my fullness. But you just got to press in. You got to keep knocking. You just got to not give up. The enemy wants to discourage you and get you to give up. And if one, one thing you're doing isn't working, you've been worshiping like crazy. your season like, oh, it's been the glory of all worship times. And then all of a sudden that starts to dry up. see that a spin move let's put a spin move on that worship time turn it into some prayer time yeah i've been praying in tongues man start doing that pray on your knees pray on your face pray on your back pray with other people pray with somebody who they when they encounter jesus just like go do that that's fun Worship, pray, fellowship. Just engage. Find a way to engage. It's not about you not being loved. It's not about you not being loved. Because I want you to see this picture of the Father here. This is how the Father sees you. He sees you differently than how you see you. Because this is how he sees, this is a lot of times how we see ourselves. Well, if we see God that way, it's not good, Right? If we see God this way, not good. If we see God like this, we don't run to him. When we see God this way, we run to him, right? Come on. But then I'll show the photo of the kid in the pit, all muddy and nasty. This is is a lot of times how we are, and we see ourselves this way, and we think, God, why would you want me? Well, go back to the picture of the Father. This is why he wants you. Because he sees past all that mud. And when you understand, like Hebrews says that you're, he paid a way for you to come boldly to him like this, because he's a father running at you. Man, you just need to engage. Just need to engage in prayer, worship. Just give your heart over to him. Just turn your hands up for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're calling on you today. Holy Spirit, there's just nothing. These are just words if they're not real, actions connected our hearts to you and our lives to you. So God, we just do that. We reach to heaven, God, where you are the good heavenly Father who pours out the good gifts, the only things we really need and see and want in life. And Holy Spirit, we're asking for you to do something radical in us today. And we're asking you to fill us up. Holy Spirit, we don't want to walk away empty. God, will you fill us today? Holy Spirit, we declare you as God in our life. And if there's anybody here you need to repent, Jesus, forgive me for not seeing the Holy Spirit as God. Holy Spirit, I just repent for not seeing you as God, and I declare you as God in my life, and I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me up even if I'm scared. Fill me up even if I don't understand. I want the fullness of you, and I break off this demonic theology over my life forever that you are not God and that you are not ready and willing and active and able to fill us all today. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, now to come fill my temple. Come on, just ask him, Holy Spirit, come fill my temple. Holy Spirit, come fill me up right now. I want all that you have for me. God, I don't want to be held back or limited in any way. Give me your gifts, all your gifts. I receive them all. Give me the gift of tongues. Help me to speak in my prayer language today. God, will you fill me all the way up and allow me to just engage with you at every level that you've decided and designed for me to engage with you. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you into this place. You're welcome to minister to us, Lead us to fill us in Jesus' name, God. We love you today. We bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbottloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.